Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. The Tim Hill Podcasts. Ordinary people's extraordinary stories. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to have a chat with Ashley. Ashley, can you tell me when and where you were born? And if you could describe to me what it was like, where you grew up, the schools you went to, and the education that you received. Yeah, absolutely. So, hi there. My name is Ashley Dozier, and I grew up in Florida. I am a Florida girl, um, but I grew up all over the state. So, uh, my family is kind of a running joke that they moved back and forth between Miami and Orlando, Florida, like five times during my childhood. So my older sister was born in Miami, and then I was born in Orlando, Florida. And then we moved back to Miami, and then back to Orlando, and then back to Miami again. And so really, I always tell people, you know, when they ask where I grew up, I say both, because it's really hard. You know, I really, like, both of them were such a part of my childhood. So, um, and they're very different cities uh, as well. So um, my youngest years were in Orlando, but I don't really remember those. Um, and then growing up in Miami was um, an incredible place to grow up because it's such a diverse city. So really, um, you got you know a ton of diversity, a ton of culture. Um, Miami is just a very fast-paced city, and so it immediately, obviously, made me um, a city girl. And I've I've been that way, you know, my whole life because of that. Um, so I started school down in Miami. And because Miami uh, at the time was very ahead um, in education and doing very well, when I moved up to, when my family moved back up to Orlando um, and they put me back into, I was in the first grade, no, I'm sorry, second grade at that time. And uh, they realized very quickly that I was kind of already advanced for that grade level. Um, And so they ended up actually, I ended up finishing the year in the third grade. So kind of an interesting thing there to start, you know, as a young child Mm. in one grade, but finish the year off in a different grade, in a different grade level. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, I had just, I was a a smart little kid, you know, a smart little cookie and uh, had done so well in school in Miami that um, we realized I just wasn't being challenged and not being challenged means that you get chatty Ashley. So um, Mm. I would get into trouble because I was talking all the time in class and I was bored in class and everything. And (laughs) You know, they really realized quickly that that you had to had to really throw some tough stuff at me to uh, be able to get me, you know, interested. Mm. So was that the reason that you you moved backwards and forwards is because you got bored in class? No, or that... was it because of the uh, the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> Those Miami Dolphins will make you cry, won't they? Um, <laughs> no, it was uh, actually. Um, my mom's job and then my dad's job and then my dad going back to school and then my grandmother helping us. And so it was just kind of, you know, family things just kept bringing us back and forth for different reasons. And so, um, but I did go to most of my, you know, school, elementary school, middle school and everything um, and high school in Orlando. So um, although we went back kind of home to Miami for all the holidays and summers and everything, um, my education was mostly in Orlando at that point. Um, and I would say my mom moved us specifically to that area in Orlando 
Uh, and this was in an area called Longwood or Altamont Springs um, so that we could go so that my sister and I could go to a high school called Lake Brantley High School because at the time it was the number one high school in the state and my mom was a public school teacher. So of course she thought education was, you know, most important. Uh, and mm. so, you know, we, she, she found the school that she thought would be best for us. It was a school that had college credits that you could earn while you were still in high school. It was like one of the only ones in the state at the time. And so she just really believed that, you know, giving us the best education possible would, would, you know, give us a kickstart. Um, mm. I think she was right. You know, it, it really, uh, I had a, a phenomenal education, took a lot of college level courses while I was still in high school and um, even went out to the community college and took some courses at night. Um, so by the time I graduated high school, I was uh, only 16 years old and I already had uh, a semester or two of, of college complete. Um, so my uh -huh. mom did a great job and that's, you know, the benefit of being an educator's daughter. <laughs> so, so did that stem from your days in elementary school uh yeah i mean my mom because she was an elementary school teacher you know and, and she put so much so much emphasis on school she had me reading at a very very young age um and all through school like we said you know we figured out that i just did better in school when i was challenged so um i purposefully took you know, the more difficult classes in school. Uh, I'm the type of girl that, that, you know, enjoys a challenge. I, I need to be pushed a little bit, um, which is probably why I'm an entrepreneur now, because it's the only thing that, you know, can, can really uh, keep me on my toes as much as it does. So um, yeah, I would definitely say you could tell, you know, early on that I, that I like, needed those challenges. I, I needed kind of the, the better education to keep me motivated. Uh-huh. So a little bit more about your elementary school then. Um, where was it? Uh, that was in Altamont Springs uh, in Florida. So it's kind of the northern Orlando area um, in Florida. So I grew up, you know, a neighbor to Mickey Mouse, like Disney World was, was you know, a part of our, our lives um, as a child growing up. Um, and I had, my mom did a great job of, you know, because my parents divorced when I was young, she also made sure that one of my elementary school teachers was a male figure, you know, a male. So that I had a male figure um, at the time, like daily. And so um, elementary school, I think, yeah, really provided a big, you know, springboard for me um, to, to continue my education in mm -hmm. um, what they call what we call the gifted program um, here in, in the States. So an interesting question here is because you've got like Disney World on your doorstep. Yeah. Now, lots of people, when they've got a, 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 something amazing on their doorstep, they never go to it. Like like if you you live in a sort of coastal state where you've got beaches and all the rest of it, people never bother going to the beaches. Mm -hmm. Or if you've got great museums and stuff, people don't go. What about you guys? Did you did you get to go to Disney World all the time? Did you get concessions for being local, or or is it just it, it was there and and you never bothered? Uh, no, we definitely. Again, my mom being a uh, an elementary school teacher, you know, she had that love for for Disney and all things you know magical for children and. Um, so she really made sure that we had kind of a magical childhood and she made sure Disney was a part of it. So, uh, yeah, we went to Disney often. Um, 
not always necessarily the parks. There are also, you know, there's a lot more to enjoy about Disney, just different restaurants near um, the parks and um, the, the fireworks. You can actually see some of the fireworks from different areas. And so if you go just in some of the parking lots or at some of the resorts or things like that, you can go watch the fireworks at Disney. So I grew up thinking that fireworks were a very normal, regular thing. Um, and that all theme parks were as nice as Disney was. You know, I mean, Disney really sets a standard that not many other places can uh, can meet. And I wasn't aware that that was even the case. But uh, once I you know, grew up and started going to theme parks in other states or seeing fireworks displays for the 4th of July, you know, here in the U.S. or um, New Year's Eve or things like that, I was constantly disappointed <laughs> at the, the sad fireworks shows because Disney spoiled me growing up. So, yeah, we definitely took advantage of Disney being in our in our backyard. So how far away is Warner Studios? Because I mean, I've put my hand up. I've not I've not been there yet it's on the bucket list mm -hmm. i desperately want to go and see what they I've, I've been to 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 leaveston i've been to to harry potter world here in england where it was actually done and i've been around some of the some yeah. of the the sites that they've actually filmed it in um, cool. but I, i'd really want to go to um to warner brothers to to harry potter world there yeah so ours is how does that compare so, and how far away is it? Um, so Universal Studios is what we call it, the Warner Brothers that they own. That's that's the parks are called Universal Studios here. Um, and it's shared between islands of the Harry Potter world is shared between two different parks, Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios. So you actually have to get tickets into both parks to be able to see the entire Harry Potter world. Um, but I will say Universal Studios, I mean... They are 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes from Disney. And so they know that they have high standards, you know, in their backyard. So Universal Studios, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, theme park. And their bigger thing is roller coasters. They are more of the roller coaster, you know, more adventurous kind of rides. Whereas Disney's a little bit more aimed towards um, families and children, Um so I would say that you kind of can get the best of both worlds, you know, from them. Um, I haven't been, I've been to Universal Studios a million times, but not since they've gotten Harry Potter. Um, and so I haven't been able to see Harry Potter world, but my stepdaughter is dying to go. So um, I think that <laughs> we might take her for her birthday this year um, or sometime soon. So we'll definitely give her a chance to check it out. Mm. Apparently, November is a good month to go when there's not many people there, so you get, you don't get the crowds. That's, so that's why her birthday is on our list for, <laughs> for a time. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, the army put me off of flying, um, so I don't like flying. I, I, I'll fly if I absolutely have to, but I've, I've, I've do, I have this plan to come across to, to America on uh, Queen Mary. Okay. South Southampton to New York, and then and then take a train or something down to to Orlando and 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 go and do Harry Potter World there and and do the other theme parks. I'm not I'm not in the roller coasters. Um, getting thrown around in helicopters and aircraft it, it takes the fun out of it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, understandably. <laughs> but, 
Love Disney as well. Absolutely yeah. love Disney. I mean, there's, there's loads and loads of Disney that we absolutely love. Um, so, yeah, it's on the bucket list to do. Well, we definitely have a train that can get you from New York to Orlando. I've actually, in uh, the eighth grade, I took a train from Orlando to New York for our like eighth grade field trip. We did a trip to New York City. Um, and so there's definitely trains, but I will say our train systems are just nowhere near as lovely as those in Europe. So be prepared <laughs> that it's not the same, not the same adventure and experience, but, um, but at least it's possible. So you, you can get there without having to fly. Yeah, well, I might even drive down. It's yeah. a beautiful drive. There's a lot of things along the way, along that coast to see. So yeah. definitely I'll jump on a motorbike. A bit. Jump on a motorbike. Mm, that's an idea. There you go. <laughs> Rent a motorbike. Rent a car. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or even, I, at one time, I could have probably driven a truck down there. because so I had a truck license and I did a lot of trucking in Europe. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? driving on the wrong side of the road is not a problem for me. <laughs> yep, yep, definitely. You definitely have to be aware of, of the, the opposite side of the road here. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on for your elementary school and, and the, the, the wonders of living right close to, to Disney. Um, moving up to your, is it middle school or is it junior high? We call it middle school. We we recognize that junior high is the same thing, but we tend to call it middle school. Mm-hmm. So what was your favorite subjects in middle school? Oh, I was a science nerd and I still am. I love anything science related. Um, biology and especially like, you know, human health and anatomy and those kind of things were, were always um, at the top of my list. Um, but I, I'm kind of I'm a Gemini, which this is something that I'm not a big, I don't understand a lot about, you know, the, the signs and, and, you know, your astrological signs. But um, I've been told over and over again that I am a true Gemini um, because I am both right-brained and left-brained. And that's apparently the thing for Geminis is that they're the twins. And so um, they're both kind of that, like, you know, uh, work hard, play hard, kind of dual personality mentality. Um and so I've been told that that my right brain and left brain abilities, you know, are, are kind of a part of that. So I have a lot of creativity. And so I loved, you know, anything where I got to be creative also. Um, I'm not a good artist, but I love classes, um, you know, around uh, like I took a shop class where you got to make things. You know, I love working with my hands, um, anything creative like that. But then I would always come back to like sciences and math and and that sort of thing, too. So. Um, no, I would say no. that, you know, I was in general a, a, a good student kind of all around just because I, you know, could appreciate both sides of, of like the logical and the fantasy of, of you know, mm. the different classes. It's quite funny. Uh, I had a question, or no, I had a fun fact on my last show and it was all to do with um, right-handed people is controlled by the left side of their brain. Mm-hmm. This, is that. this is true. Now, now left-handed people controlled by the right-hand side of the brain. That's, is that, that how is, it works? That is how so, it works. So if you're, you're ambidextrous, you're controlled by both sides of your brain. 
they, yep. And my, <laughs> so, um, and I actually am to an extent I can use my left hand for, I'm, I'm right-handed, but I can use my left hand for a whole lot of things. Um, but, you know, they say that, you know, right brain versus left brain is that idea of, you know, creative versus logical, like those, you know, kind of two different sides. And um, it's interesting because I would say I am more logical than creative. I would say, you know, I love, I love a good spreadsheet. That's where the nerd in me comes out. Um, and my fiance, who is truly ambidextrous, but mostly left-handed, um, is an amazing creative, very, very creative person. So it means we make a good team. Um, but, you know, that you, you can see both of those sides of kind of uh, if people tend to love math and sciences or tend to love the arts. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure which side of my brain works, <laughs> if, at, if at all. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, it's um, I'm not I'm not quite sure, but yeah, you know, I mean, it kind of works. It, it rubs along. <laughs> That's right. It gets it gets done what you need done, right? Yeah. So you concentrated on the sciences rather than the arts. I mean, did you do music? Did you do theatre? That sort of thing, or, or or did you just concentrate on the on the the sciences when you was at a middle sort of high school, uh, junior high? Um, mostly sciences, but I did um, dance and cheerleading and and those kind of things. So I love dance. Dance is definitely one of the places I like to be creative. Um, and then as I got into high school, I also took courses in like interior design, interior decorating. And so I got to really be creative in that way. And I love fashion design and beauty and those, those, that's where my creative side really comes in um, is through like design. Mm. What sort of dance was it sort of um, ballroom dancing, Latin dancing? Was it hip hop or what, what, what sort of dance did you, did you really enjoy? So um, growing up in Miami, when I was younger, definitely mean that Latin dancing, salsa, bachata, those kind of things were always around. And so I learned to salsa when I was young. Um, but it definitely wasn't the ballroom type of, of salsa. It was definitely more of the, you know, backyard party at my, you know, Latina friends' houses type mm -hmm. of dancing. Um, and hip hop dancing as well. That's usually what goes along with, um, with cheerleading. So with cheerleading, it was a lot of hip hop dancing, a little bit of jazz. Um, but I really, I would say kind of more, yes, those faster paced dancing versus slower paced or ballroom or ballet or anything like that. I really liked the fast paced music. Excellent. So what was the worst subject at school? Which one did you not want to get up and go to school for? English. <laughs> and and more so not even like the grammar stuff I didn't mind because again that you know there were rules to it and that made sense to me but when we had to start um reading novels and you know diving into poetry and things like that like that just it wasn't my forte and I did what I had to to get through classes you know with all A's but that meant that I I struggled and 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 screamed and kicked the whole way, you know, while, while doing it. <laughs> so, so you didn't quite brush up on your Shakespeare then? I, I definitely didn't. No, that was, it was <laughs> one of the cliff notes, you know, like what's the, the quickest way to learn this stuff without uh, having to dive too deep into it. 
I definitely <laughs> tried to take the easy route when it came to that, to, to that kind of stuff. So what subject was your best? What one you, you couldn't wait to get to school for? Uh, in middle school and before that, I would definitely say the sciences. That was always, you know, I loved being able to do science and experiments and, and learn about that kind of stuff. Um, but as I got a little bit older, when I got into high school, that's when uh, interior decorating. Um, I, I loved that class. I took it all four years. That was my, my um, you know, extra curricular like or um, elective course that I got to pick myself. And so while I was, you know, still very into sciences and taking uh, college level science courses, I was also taking courses in interior decorating because it was just something I enjoyed doing. Um, so it was kind of my reprieve, you know, it came came easy and it was just kind of a it wasn't as as challenging in the same way that sciences were. And though I liked the, the challenge of science, I also liked you know, the, the creativity of uh, design. So how many times did you redesign your bedroom? <laughs> I know. I'm usually in my <laughs> office when I do uh, my interviews and everything. But tonight I'm, because it, it's a little bit later here uh, in Florida. And so I'm at home already. And so I'm doing my interview from my bedroom. And yeah, this bedroom, I definitely, you know, did a whole lot with, I have a black wallpapered walls back behind me because I just love um, like a dramatic wall. And um, so, yeah, I, it's definitely something that I, I love to do whenever we move into a new place. You know, I, I go all in on um, decorating and, and redesigning, you know, spaces and really making it feel like home and making it feel personalized for us. <laughs> My late wife was like that. Um, we were married for, for 23 years together for 25 years um, because I was in the army, I used to go away a lot on operations, and I'd be away for six months, and and I'd come back, and I, I came back, and she'd redecorated, and and I actually came back on one trip. I've been away for six months. I walked through the front door. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out again to check the number on the house to make sure I've got the right house. You were sure you were home. Ev everything had changed. The the the, 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 the as you come in through the front door, the, the the stairs had changed. There, there was a, there was a bathroom downstairs. The kitchen was totally different. I'm thinking, what's that? Yep. Has somebody else moved in? Sounds like, sounds like a typical week in, in my life. You know that I'm constantly changing out any little things that I can't pillows or accessories or pictures on the wall. And oh yeah, I love it. It's fun to to yeah. refresh. I mean, she knocked walls down and everything. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet. In, in my in an old house, in one old house, I did knock down some walls, um, but but not in the current one. Hmm. But there you go. That was, that was back then. So um, let's 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 move a little bit further forward. Um, so high school. How did you get on there? Where did you go? So high school, that's when I was at Lake Brantley High School. That was the school, like I said, that my mom, you know, pulled us to to make sure that that we went to um, because it was just a phenomenal school in the state at the time. It was one of the top ranked schools. And she knew that, you know, she really wanted us to get a great education. Um, and so it was an awesome high school, a very, very big high school. We had, gosh, I think there were almost 3,500 students. Short, I know it's somewhere between 3,000 and 4,000 students um, at the high school. So 
a big high school, um, very big into sports. Uh, that's probably where some of my love of sports comes from or, you know, continued on. Um, I was a, a cheerleader and I was on the, the track and field team. So I ran sprints and I was a pole vaulter um, and, you know, really enjoyed, you know, the, the, the sports that our school offered because they were, we were, you know, state champs in football on occasion and state champs in uh, baseball and all kinds of things. And so it, it definitely um, increased my love of sports to, to go to a school that was, you know, put a lot of effort behind their, their athletic departments. Um, but then their education as well. Like they, like I said, they uh, offered college course, college level course called AP or advanced placement courses that, you know, you, you finish the course in at, at the high school, but then you take, take an exam at the end and it gives you college credit. And so, um, it was, you know, that was something that I enjoyed doing. Um, and, and our school offered, you know, a lot of it. And that was, it was kind of when it was, a, that was a newer idea back then. Um, school was a little bit difficult in a way because I was very young, uh, compared to my, my peers, you know, even though they were in the same grade level as me, I was a year or two younger, uh, than most of them. So while most of my peers were 18, when they graduated, I was only 16. And so um, here, you know, in the States, you get your driver's license when you turn 16. And most people got that when they were, you know, at some point during their sophomore year or their second year in, in high school in the 10th grade. And I couldn't get it until my senior year or my 12th year in the last year <laughs> in high school. So I was like the baby sister to everybody that, you know, couldn't drive yet. Um, I was so young and um, so that, that part definitely wasn't as fun, uh, you know, to be the baby of, of the high school, but, um, but it was nice to, to kind of have that kickstart in my education, like I said, and, uh, I made up for it in college cause I, you know, spent an extra, extra year in college to, to be able to kind of make up for that year, um, that I had missed when I was younger. So, um, but yeah, high school was, it was, it was a fantastic experience. I know a lot of people say they, they couldn't wait to get out of high school. And I'm sure I felt that you know, in a way. Um, but I was, I was a good student, uh, or I, I did well in school, but I wasn't always a good student, I should say. I was, you know, I skipped school on occasion, don't tell my stepdaughter. Um, <laughs> and, and when I say on occasion, I mean, very often. Um, but I always made sure that I, you know, showed up for test days, I always made sure that my work was turned in. Um, that's where again, that Gemini work hard, play hard thing kind of kind of came out. I was a straight A student, but I wasn't necessarily always in class. Fair enough. Now, question, pole vault. <laughs> did you use a solid pole or did you use the, the sort of one of the sort of carbon fiber bendy ones? And was you any good at it? What, so, was, your, what was the highest that you managed to, to, to vault over? Everybody always asks me that. And it's so sad that I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> my best. It was, you know, a few years ago. Well, I won't say how long ago it was when I was in high school, but, uh, um, but I really don't remember my best. I will say that um, I was tiny when I was in high school. Cause like I said, I was so young. So I was, you know, 13, 14 years old out there pole vaulting. And I was using, because I was the first female pole vaulter at my high school, I was using the same poles that the guys were using. So these 17 and 18 year old, you know, young men. Um, and here I am, you know, 90 pounds soaking wet, um, trying to use the same poles. So technically, yes, they were the poles that bent, you know, that, that you get a bend out of. Um, 
however I could not bend those poles <laughs> in my life because I just wasn't heavy enough or strong enough. So I had to really rely on upper body strength to be able to like pull myself up and over because the, the pole, a, a bend of the pole was not going to do it for me. So mm. um, I won't say I was phenomenal. I probably wasn't, but I had a blast doing it. And I won a lot of ribbons because there weren't a lot of female pole vaulters at the time in our, in our district. And so, uh, so it was great fun for me to be a part of the team and to, you know, be able to contribute mm. in that way because so many meets that we went to just didn't even, you know, only had a handful of pole vaulters. Um, so it's kind of a, a cool small club of us that were doing it. So you've only got to be able to get over without knocking the bar, <laughs> the bar off <laughs> yep. and, and, you, and you score big points. Yep. Oh, I can see that. I can see the advantage in that. Yeah. Yeah, you go for a little niche and uh, it's, it's a bit like me with Telemark. Um, I'm a Telemark skier and okay. uh, I, I skied Telemark for a long time and um, I've competed at it. I was on the first Army Telemark team to take on the Navy and uh, then I I took teams every year to the to the British Telemark Championships. Wow. And um, it's, it's a small portion of people that, that can ski Telemark. And to make it look graceful as well. I mean, <laughs> that's the key to it. I yeah. mean, to make it look graceful and easy and people just look at you and all and think it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to think I was a graceful pole vaulter, but I'm sure if we called up my coach and asked, they would... They might have something different to say, but I think that's where my uh, my dance abilities, you know, came in is I could at least be graceful while doing it um, mm. from from all my cheerleading and dance and everything. Brilliant. So I guess you you, you graduated high school with straight A's and uh, where did you go off to college then? So um, in the state of Florida, they have an amazing program um, called Bright Futures Scholarships, and they actually use the lottery. So the, the state lotto, they use money from that um, to provide scholarships to high school students who are in the top like percentage of their classes. And so because of that, I earned a full scholarship um, to any state college. So I decided to stay in the state to go to school and I went to the University of Florida and I am a huge fan of my university. Um, we are the Florida Gators and we are again obsessed with sports. You know, we, we um, have a long history of, you know, uh, championships and everything and, and all of the sports, you know, that, that we are a part of at the University of Florida. Um, so I had not only another phenomenal education, um, we are, I believe the University of Florida this past year, I think was the top three public university um, in the country. And at the time, I know we were kind of around the top 10. So it's just continued to climb after I left. But um, it's it's rare to get a university that has, you know, very, very high academics uh, and very high, um, I guess, kind of, you know, fun levels as well with like sports and everything. We were named the number one party school in the country while I was there one year too. So uh, again, I was continuing on with that idea of having, you know, um, an excellent education, but having a lot of fun while doing it. So was that classed as an, an Ivy League um, university or? So it's not considered Ivy League. It's called, it's what they have started to call a public Ivy. So it is not an Ivy League school. It is a public school and part of the state system. Um, but because of how highly ranked it is, they have kind of a, an elite, you know, group of uh 
colleges and universities that they consider public IVs. So it has recently been considered a public IV um, and it is getting harder and harder to get into. It's, you know, a really difficult university to get into now. Um, and although I'm sure others that went to other universities in the state would say otherwise, we <laughs> are the top university in the state and we're proud of it. Brilliant. So what did you major in? What was your major uh, and did you do a minor as well? So what year? Because it changed often. <laughs> so when I, when I first got there, um, I knew I wanted to do something in medicine. That's where the sciences, you know, background came in. I loved medicine and health and sciences. Um, so I started off pre-med, but I realized quickly that I didn't want to be in school for another 10 or 12 years. You know, I was uh, wanted to get through a little bit quicker than that. And so uh, I changed my my um, my major to nursing uh, because my sister became a nurse. And I thought, OK, this is a great way you know, to stay within that field. Um, and I actually while I was uh, doing nursing, I decided to double major. So I had I, I added a second major, not a minor, but a, two majors because I'm crazy. Um, and that was in public health and health sciences. So it kind of allowed me to have the public health side of things and, you know, health sciences and the science behind health. Um, and then the medicine side of things, you know, with the nursing program. Um, I did also minor in Spanish um, because I, you know, had, I knew so much of it from, you know, living in Miami um, because that the city is mostly bilingual. And so um, I wanted to continue learning it. And my sister and I decided to study abroad one semester in Spain together so my sister and I lived in Spain together um, to continue to study Spanish. And I hate to say my Spanish is is miserable now because I don't use it enough and practice it. I, I really have to keep practicing uh, to keep up with it. But um, that minor in Spanish at least came in, in handy. Um, and then I ended up actually dropping um, the nursing major eventually because I when I was taking my nursing classes and then taking my health sciences classes, I realized how much I really love the health sciences even more than the nursing. Um, the The science of health and medicine was more interesting to me than the actual, and this sounds awful, but the, the actual taking care of patients like in the hospital, I wanted to do things to help prevent people from getting in the hospital in the first place. So I wanted to educate people um, and, you know, learn a lot more about health education and prevention and public health and kind of how to make, um, you know, different populations more like like healthier as a whole versus, you know, waiting for one person to get sick and having to care for that one person. Mm. Yeah, when I can see the, uh, see where nursing sort of just has that sort of, I mean, bedpans and that sort of thing. Yeah, I will say, you know, I could see the attraction of not doing it. And I would say once you're past nursing school, you really don't do a lot of that anymore. They they make you do it a lot in nursing school. Once you're past nursing school, you're definitely, you know, not dealing with that nearly as much. But but yeah, for I mean, nurses now I look at nurses and man, they have, I have so much respect for them. My sister is a nurse practitioner and she's currently in school to go back to get her doctorate. Um, uh, my stepdaughter's mother is a, a full-time nurse. And um, I mean, I, I just, I have so much respect for nurses because it is a very hard job. Um, 
And I, I don't know if I would have been good at it because it is very different from the, you know, health education or public health side of things that I went into. Um, but I, but I certainly appreciate people who it takes a very special person to be able to be a nurse um, because they really go, you know, far beyond uh, what is asked of them typically. Mm, absolutely. So I guess you graduated with a, a, a major in, uh, public health? It, it technically, um, it was health science education. Um, mm. But yes, my concentration was in public health. Yeah. So what was your first job when you left university? Well, I actually uh, decided to stay and get my master's degree because they offered to pay for the degree <clears throat> at the university if I stayed. Um, so I figured a free master's degree is not a bad deal. So... Um, so I, I stayed at the university and got my master's degree in health education and behavior. Um, so still in the same you know, lines of, of public health. Um, but I taught at the university while I did that. I taught a health course at the university. Um, and I also worked part time for the city of St. Pete or the city of uh, Gainesville, where the university is at. And um, I did programming for them. I did programming for children um, after school programming and did, you know, the health side of that, made sure that there were healthier programs. Um, so students were learning about health and nutrition after school and they were learning about exercise. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I ran some of their summer camps. Um, so I kind of ended up working a lot with children, even though that wasn't my initial intention. Um, I also did my uh, internship when I was in college um, with a, a organization called Planned Parenthood, um, which is, does sexual health education. And I really love the sex ed side of things because I think people are scared to talk about it. It's taboo and people are nervous, you know, to talk about that, but uh, it's so important to talk about. Um, so I did a lot with sexual health education as well. Um, and like I said, kind of youth education. Um, so my first job after, you know, my getting my master's and after all that, I actually taught um, at a high school, not something I want, <laughs> meant to do or wanted to do or stuck with. Um, it was fun for, you know, the year or two that it happened. Um, but, but that was it. I, I then quickly switched gears back into the public health realm. Mm. So teaching is yeah. quite, a, <laughs> it's quite a divert. So how'd you get into the, uh, the, the public health side after teaching then? Um, I got my first job, you know, after teaching um, as the, basically the director of a health education program inside of the student health center at a major university out in Texas. So I moved out to Austin, Texas. Um, and it was funny because when I applied to the job, I kept saying like, this is a dream job, you know, to be, to be fairly fresh out of, college, you know, only a, a year out of my um, master's program and to be able to be, you know, the director to be able to run um, a department at that age. And um, I remember saying at the time, I was like, you know, when I go in for my interview, they always ask, you know, for you to do a presentation of some sort or, you know, a lecture of some sort on a topic. Um, and the topic that they gave me was sex ed. And I remember I said, as soon as they gave me that topic, I was like, they just handed me this job. <laughs> I could talk about that for hours, you know, so that's like an easy one for me. You know, if they would have given me something tough, then it would have been very different. But I was like, I, this is going to be a cakewalk. And so um, I did. I flew out there and I interviewed and 
you know, asked, answered a, a million questions and then did my, you know, short little presentation and lecture on sex education, which is something that the state of Texas needed very badly anyway. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed, you know, being able to share that with them um, and share, you know, kind of being a little bit more open about that topic, um, got the job and, and ran the health education department at Texas State University for two years. Just two years? Just so two years. You're going from your dream job for just two years. Why did you move on? <laughs> I realized did you very, move up? I, I moved up. So I realized very quickly that, you know, my dream job, as much as it was a dream, and I still, I mean, it, I loved working there. I loved working for the people that I worked with and everything. But um, unfortunately, in the public university system, the pay um, is just not what it should be for professionals in those fields. So I realized, you know, after only two years that, you know, unfortunately, I, I wasn't going to be able to create a long term career um, at that that level. So that's when I uh, started to look at moving to Atlanta, Georgia, where the CDC or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are. Um, and I started applying, you know, looking at positions there and applying for positions there and eventually got a position at the at the CDC. So I went from a dream job to a, to a dream job, you know, that that's kind of the, the pinnacle of where every public health professional wants to work. And I was able to do it, which is, was, I mean, just an incredible experience. So how long did that last then? Again, that one was only a few years, unfortunately. Um, that's, this time it wasn't my fault. I would have stayed longer. But the, the program that I was working on um, was part of a budget that came directly down from the president at the time. Uh, and as soon as politics rolled in, uh, they cut that budget and decided that uh, doing nationwide prevention for the top two killers in our nation um, was not as important as it should be. And I'm sure you can hear the bitterness in my tone still because I, it was heartbreaking, you know, to learn that um, obesity and tobacco, which are the top two killers in America, um, that that they just didn't want to keep funding, you know, what we needed to, to help prevent that. Um, there are still major issues here in the US and uh, it's still something that we are battling with and it's still heartbreaking um, because this was the first time, you know, that much effort and money had been put towards a prevention program uh, for something like this. And Anne was showing huge, you know, improvements and, and results and strides early. Typically, it takes a very long time for programs like that to show results. Um but the way that we were doing it because we were attacking environmental changes versus, you know, personal changes, we weren't telling individual people that they had to uh, stop smoking. We told people who wanted to be at a public beach that they could no longer smoke at a public beach. Um, so we really, you know, looked at the environment of, mm. of it and said, okay, you're welcome to still smoke, but you're not going to be able to smoke in as many places in the public and disrupt other people with your cigarette smoke. Um, or, you know, it'll, it'll make it a little bit harder on you to smoke. So hopefully you'll smoke a little bit less because of that. But again, you know, we weren't attacking people's personal choices. We were making it easier in their environment to make healthy choices. 
Um, and it was making a difference. It was an awesome program. Um, it was called Communities Putting Prevention to Work. And it's something that I'm incredibly proud of and that I was a part of. Um, but it was very, very sad to, to see that budget get cut and that program go away. Mm. Well, we've had similar in the UK for, for, for some years ago now. They, they stopped people smoking inside public buildings. Yep public houses um, and public spaces and it's worked I mean it works I hated hated going into a pub uh, into a smoky pub and it was horrible you come out your clothes stink and everything uh, for days Um, now I mean we we go to the pub at least once a week to do a quiz and 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 it's a great environment nowadays um, yep. And all public houses and restaurants are the same. I mean, you're not allowed to smoke indoors. I mean, I can remember as a lad going to the pictures and people smoking in the pictures. Oh, yeah. In the, they call it the movies. They call it the movies in America. Right. But over here, we call it the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and on airplanes and, you know, yeah. I mean, places where you just look back and you're like, man, they were shutting people in to those, you know, those those spaces. And filling them with smoke. And yeah, yeah, so I mean, obviously, yeah, we had tackled, you know, indoor spaces first. And most of the US, you know, you can't smoke in indoor spaces. There are still a few um, exceptions for some bars and and pubs and, you know, places like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, for the most part, you can't smoke anymore. And that was one of my biggest accomplishments before I left um, Texas, too, was getting the the university that I worked at. I actually... um, created the entire program and was able to get that university to be the campus to be smoke free before I left. Um, And we were the first major university in the state of Texas to go smoke free. So another huge accomplishment, you know, because it meant that you could walk around campus and not have smoke blowing in your face just while you're trying to walk from class to class. Um, It makes a difference, you know, when, when the environment's healthier, um, a huge drop in, you know, heart conditions and asthma attacks and all these things when, you know, you're just not surrounded by those toxins. And so it's really cool to see. Um, But yeah, now we're lucky enough that, you know, most indoor spaces are smoke free. Most public beaches and public parks and things like that um, are smoke free, but we, we still have work to do. There'll always be work to do. However, I mean, we've made massive, massive strides over the last 20 or 30 years. Absolutely. In, 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 I mean, helping people to, to, to kick the habit. I mean, it's a, it's a terrible habit to start with. I mean, it is. But, but there you go. Anyway, right. Um, bring us a bit more up to date then. So they cut that program. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask which president it was um, or which administration, <laughs> but let's... Let's let's move forward. Let's yeah. let's bring you more up to date. Yeah. What are you up to? So um, after that, I actually uh, I was in a relationship at the time, and I started a business um, with my my boyfriend, who became a fiance, who then became um, the ex because the relationship turned abusive, and so uh, I was with him for about six years, and um, we finally realized that we could no longer be together, that it was, you know, a very unhealthy relationship. And uh, I left the relationship, um, put everything that I owned in 
uh, storage unit. And I went and backpacked around the world by myself for about four months. So I just did a, a you know, huge solo life changing backpacking trip, um, went to 12 different countries uh, in those four months. And so I was moving fairly quickly most of the time. Um, but I wanted to see as much as I could because I knew that it was probably one of the only chances I had, you know, to, to travel that way. Um, that, you know, I didn't have anything holding me back at home. I had a little enough in savings that I could do that. Um, and then whenever I finally got back to the States, I, uh, moved out of Atlanta and back to Florida, which is, you know, where I always wanted to come back home to Florida. So I'm back in Florida now. I'm in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and after about, you know, a year or two of being home, I realized that um, one of the things that just one of the products that I had found while I was traveling, um, while I was in Egypt, actually, I uh, did a cruise down the Nile River, which was an amazing experience. And my guide for the day, one day before we went back to the port, asked me if I wanted to stop at a little perfumery. And I said, you know, sure, why not? You know, I want to experience everything while I'm here. Um, and so we stopped in this little perfumery and they brought out all these beautiful, you know, oils, um, fragrance oils and lavender and vanilla and eucalyptus and all these things that are stunning. Um, but I remember saying, you know, these are beautiful, but I can get all this stuff at home. Is there anything that you know, I may be able to get that I may not be able to get at home that I may only be able to get here or that's a little more Egyptian, you know, I want to learn more about your culture. And um, they brought out papyrus oil. And I, I, I mean, now looking back, I can easily say it was life changing. But even at the time, I felt it hit my soul when I smelled it for the first time, it was just incredible. And um, I thought, I need a lot of this. And I think I ordered three or four, you know, big bottles of it and shipped it back to myself, because I couldn't continue carrying around, you know, these big glass bottles of oil uh, in my backpack as I'm backpacking, you know, next through Europe. So I sent it all back home, got back home, was wearing it everywhere. And people just kept asking me what I was wearing, what it was, um, you know, where it was from. And I said, oh, it's papyrus oil. It's just papyrus oil. It's a pure essential oil, no big deal. And um, I said, I'll, I'll look online for more of it. And I did. I went online thinking I'll just order more. And I realized that you could not get it in the US as just pure papyrus oil, um, or really anywhere online. Uh, and so I kind of had one of those light bulb moments and decided, you know, that I could be onto something here and uh, got back in touch with that little perfumery uh, in in Egypt, and set up, you know, some systems with them to uh, pay them to begin importing their oils. And I started the fragrance company. So I uh, ended up being, you know, an entrepreneur all on my own um, with a fragrance company called Anakit Luxury Apothecary. And uh, I named it Anakit because she was the Egyptians goddess of the Nile River and because papyrus, um, yes, that thing that the Egyptians used, you know, for paper and to make all kinds of things, um, it grows along the Nile River. And so I wanted to give that nod back to the Egyptian culture as kind of a thank you to the goddess Anakit for providing, uh, you know, bountiful uh, amounts of papyrus along along the Nile. Um, and so now I own the fragrance company. We continue to import uh, those fragrances uh, from Egypt. We hand bottle them here in Tampa and we make some other self-care items and fragrance diffusing jewelry and all kinds of cool stuff. So my creative side got to got to come back. You know, it's full circle um, that I, I, you know, created my entire company and branding and everything on my own. Um, so not only do I create, you know, the the jewelry and the visuals for my branding, but 
I also take care of the financials and the spreadsheets and everything else. Um, <laughs> I, I get to use, you know, both both sides of my brain again, which is really lovely. Um, so now I just work, you know, I live in Tampa Bay and I uh, run my business and live with my amazing fiance who I get to marry uh, in March of next year. And uh, and and our we have our stepdaughter, my stepdaughter, our daughter, half the time, and she's a fantastic little thing. So uh, I have to say, life life is good now. You know, it's it, we made it through the hard times um, with COVID and everything. You know, as a small business owner, but um, we made it through, and so it's it's really cool to um, you know be be standing tall after uh, going through something like that, and to own something that you're very proud of. Brilliant. And and you got that just through traveling. Yeah, that's what I always say that, you know, it's it's crazy. It was it was definitely serendipity that I, you know, was able to find this product because um, I, you know, was just off traveling the world. I had no itinerary. I had no plan. I wasn't doing, you know, I wasn't going anywhere special. I just was hopping around and just happened to end up in, the, in that perfumery and found something that I fell in love with and I felt like other people should be able to experience um, and so it has become a huge passion for me to introduce people, you know, to these rare Egyptian fragrances um, that are, they're just, they're, they're beautiful and they're unique yeah. and it lets people introduce people to the Egyptian culture, which I love because it's a beautiful culture. Um, and so it's something, like I said, that I'm just, I'm proud of now, you know, it's, it's really cool to, to, for something like that to come out of, you know, just travels. Yeah. I mean, Egypt's a great country. I've been there a few times. Yeah. And uh, I, I've, I've done the, 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 the bit down the Nile. I've done um, Cairo, Alexandra, um, Valley of the Kings and all the rest of it. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a fascinating country. And I've also gone from there across the uh, to the Sinai and, um, and then up into Jordan and, yeah. So it is a fascinating part of the world. It is. And I tell people all the time, if you ever get a chance to visit Egypt, like not, it is not on enough people's bucket lists because mm. it is an, inc- there's nowhere else like it in terms of, you know, that the culture and the history and, and the architecture and, you know, that these people built thousands of years. I mean, it's just stunning. Yeah. Mind you, they, they have had their, their problems with terrorism and that, that they has all- damaged their, their industry. They absolutely have. And when I was there, um, you know, they they said a lot that they were very, very thankful. They'd ask me where I was from. And when I said the States, they were like, oh, my gosh, you know, thank you for coming to visit. We we need more tourists. We want more tourists. Everyone. It was actually by far the most hospitable country that I visited. You know, very, very kind. People were very, very happy to have me there um, because they need the tourism. And so as long as you are planning it right and being safe and everything, you know, it can be a safe place to travel um, if you do it right. And so, um, definitely worth it, you know, to hire a guide and have, you know, help with that kind of thing as you're, as you're going around, especially if you don't speak the language, but, uh, hmm. but definitely worth, you know, worth visiting. Well, Ashley, you have been an absolute star. Well, thank I you. I have really, really enjoyed that chat. Thank you. I did too. This was wonderful. I appreciate it. You are most welcome. The Tim Hill Podcasts, ordinary people's extraordinary stories.
Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.